0: would you remain standing oh would you stand to your feet today we're going to get into the word if you would turn with me to first Peter thank you worship team turn with me to first Peter chapter 4 and while you're turning there I heard this I heard this story the other day of a church who was having a Sunday morning service and the church got struck by lightning and after the after the smoke had cleared Satan himself was standing behind the pulpit and the whole congregation just freaked out, got super scared, ran out the door, except for one lady who sat on the front row, completely calm and composed. And Satan was kind of appalled. He's like, why aren't you afraid of me? I said, well, he said, don't you know who I am? Of course I know who you are. Well, why aren't you afraid? Why would I be afraid of you? I've been married to your brother for 30 years. First Peter, chapter Four. First <laughs> Peter, chapter Four. Verse seven. Verse seven of chapter four, First Peter. Let's read. But the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers, and above all things, be fervent. Sorry, have fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. I thank you, God, today for every person in this place or who would listen later over the podcast or online today. I pray, God, that you would touch our hearts. Come on, pray for yourself that God would speak to you today. Lord, speak to us today. We pray, God, that you would till the soil of our hearts, God, and that you would plant a seed and water it, Lord, that it would produce fruit. We ask, God, that you would move in us in power, God, that we could do all that you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. After high school, I was, I was, I was really saved my senior year of high school, but after high school, I decided to go to a Bible school uh, called transformed really is what is now known as KSM or King's School of Ministry the one that we have here um, and i I was in that Bible school for two year, Bible school for two years and I graduated from that school and it was an amazing school but one of the things uh, Beyond learning and 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 going through classes and different things like that, but one of the things we had to do was we had we got the, we had the ability to serve in a ministry and I had the youth ministry track for for a portion of the time that I was in the Bible school and one of the things we were able to do was we would, we would set up for youth ministry, and we would prepare the place, and we'd set up sound system and stage and get the chairs ready. We'd go and, uh, you know, prepare material or make the lights nice, or if there was fog machines and strobes, we'd do that. That didn't last for very long, but um, we'd do that, and we'd go and clean the toilets. And I remember one day, I remember one specific day, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's burned in my memory. I'll never forget it. Um, but we had the ability to go and clean the toilets this, this one day, and the youth ministry room actually during the day doubled as the, uh, the kindergarten school, um, and so the little children would use it as their, they would use the restroom or whatever, and there was this one day when we were going to prepare for ministry and take care of the bathrooms, make sure they're all situated, I walked into the bathroom, and I kid you not, my eyes started to water that tears were coming down my eyes because of what i was smelling and I, honestly i walked into the bathroom stall and it was something from a horror film okay some little kid some little kindergarten kid uh, kids have an amazing ability to do things with their bodily waste you guys know what i'm talking about i mean the other day i picked up my daughter and she's like she's like wet on her side and i'm like she's wearing a diaper what's going on here and like her number 2 is all over the place you know like Oh my goodness, this, some little kid in the boys' bathroom decided that, I mean, I walk in there and this, this number two liquid is all over the wall, is all over the ground and one little drop on the toilet seat, nothing in the toilet itself, nothing. I mean, how do you even do that? Who does that? I mean... It's almost as if the little kid was like, hey, let's play a little kindergarten joke and, and let's prank these, these youth workers and like, it was like, watch this, Tommy, everywhere. It was just everywhere. And I remember afterwards like cleaning that thing up and be like, oh my goodness, looking at the other people in my Bible school and like, who does that? I mean, he didn't even make anything in the toilet for crying out loud. It's like he had bad tater tots for lunch or something, you know, like Horrible. And I, and I remember looking at it, like every single one of us, you know, I mean, we, we serve, and that was a moment for serving, but that was not a pleasant moment for serving. You know what I'm talking about? And so the title of my message today is, Who Does That? And I'm going to be talking about serving today. And in the New Testament, we see the writers of the New Testament, or the Apostles, Many of them, they begin, their, they begin their writings even by saying that they're servants. Paul says, I am a servant of Christ Jesus. James says the same. He says, I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. Peter and Jude both say the same thing. I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. And why would they say that? These people are like, they're really amazing men of God. And, and I mean, if they were around today, they would be like, I don't know, televangelists and going, doing huge crusades and different things like that. But they say, they don't say, oh, I'm a huge miracle worker. I am a great preacher. They don't say that at the beginning. They say, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. And we say, well, why would they, why would they introduce themselves like that? Well, really, it's because Jesus set the tone. He set the tone in Mark ten forty five when he said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. There's one thing that every single one of us in this place is called to do. Every single person online and the people that will listen to this podcast after, every single one of us is called to be a servant. And so there's three words that I see in the New Testament that describe the word servant. And, and if I butcher these, please forgive me, but I'm going to try my best, all right? These are coming out of the Greek. And the first one is doulu, douluo. It means to be, sa- be a slave. And Paul uses this word in Colossians, Colossians 3.24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. This word suggests that you're one that is at the Lord's bidding or you are yielded in obedience to God. The second word is la through all. It means to serve as an act of worship to God. And, and you'll see in the New Testament that this is a common word used for the worshiping of God. And in Matthew 4.10, um, you see Jesus brought up to the high place by Satan. And Satan says, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you the kingdoms. You guys remember that passage? And Jesus says in in. In Matthew four ten, he says, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. That is the word used right there. Only you shall serve. It means an act of worship. The third word is deaconia. It means to be an attendant, to wait upon, to act as a deacon or to minister and to serve. And that's really the word that we, that we, we draw out deacon from. And that word was used by Martha. I love the story of Mary and Martha and the, and, and Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and, and Martha serving, but she uses this word in Luke 1040 where she but Martha was distracted with such with much serving and she approached him and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone therefore tell her to help me and that's the word serve right there. it means to attend to wait upon these are the words that are used in the New Testament to describe the different types of serving, but let's look at the text now. In verse 7, Peter says, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Peter is telling us that every single one of us should live in light that Jesus is coming back soon. Every single one of us should live with a mindset that God could come at any moment, and we need to be watching, and we need to be praying. Peter says, if we are living in the light of the coming of the Lord, then there are certain things we must do, and the first thing that he says we must do is that we must pray. He is so so committed to prayers that he says, therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And he's not telling us to sit at home in some stiff, hard wood chair, and look from left to right being watchful. That's not what he's talking about. He's telling every one of us that we should have self-control in our lives, that we should be vigilant. We should be ready for every moment that temptation would like to come at our doorstep and lure us away from prayer, lure us away from what God is calling us to do, and that's to be a people of prayer. You know what's sad is that we can go across America, and I've even been to a mega church that was one of the biggest churches in America, and there was hardly any prayer. And it was such a sad thing because Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. It's sad that we have churches in America that do not pray and we all could pray more, amen? I'm, I'm glad that we're a part of a church that prays. But there are churches across America that do not pray and people that fill those churches that do not pray. May we be people of, of prayer. Peter's concept is that the most important thing in life is that everything revolves around your relationship with God that is expressed through your prayer life. There are people um, that find prayer to be important, and I hope you find prayer to be important. And the truth is, is that the enemy would try and come, even with the cares of the world, to try and draw you away from your place of prayer, try and come and put you in a place that the busyness of the world and the, the different cares that we would have to try and draw us away from that which God has called us to be, ready and watchful, serious and watchful in our prayer, ready at every moment for the coming of the Lord. The second thing is, is that we must love, and we see that in fer- verse 8, above all things have fervent love for one another. Have what kind of love? Fervent love for one another as good stewards, Sorry. For love will cover a multitude of sins. We are to love deeply. He says love covers a multitude of sins. And he say, well, isn't sin, sin? Yes, sin is sin. Certain sins have deeper consequences, but sin is sin. And in, in that understanding, we, we don't accept sin, and we will confront sin even in our own life. But the Lord is asking us to even look beyond a person's sin and look at the person. Look beyond the sin to look at them as a person. You've heard before, don't hate the sinner, but hate the sin. And so I say today, look beyond the sin, not saying accept the sin and say it's all right, but look beyond that to care for someone, to love someone, to reach deeply with care and love to them. For love covers a multitude of sins. We see an amazing picture of this deep Deep love in the in the Old Testament when Noah, shortly after the flood was, was subsided and and they were back on land and they planted vineyards and you see Noah, um, he makes wine for himself and many or, many of you are familiar with this passage but Noah, drinks wine and he ends up he ends up getting drunk. And many would think, my goodness, the man of God got drunk after this great thing that God did. Well. I, my understanding of this is that the canopy that was over the earth at the time was no longer there and the, the the differences of fermentation at the time before to the time after was different. And so that Noah could have been drinking the same amount of wine, but because it was extra potent, that was the reason that he got drunk. And so you see this, this passage in the Old Testament of Noah actually laying in his tent naked and his first son comes and it's as if he is... He looks at him and he comes out and tells the brothers as if to mock his dad. And you see the response of the other two brothers in love. They grab a garment. And Pastor Daniel, has even he, he's, he, he's used this illustration before. The two brothers took the garment as if to walk backwards. And it says they walk backwards not to look at their father. And they took the garment and threw it over his nakedness to cover him. That picture of love is a preserving love. That is the love that we are supposed to have when we serve people. We serve them not to accept the sin, to say sin's all right, but to preserve them, to reach into evil, to reach into darkness and say, no, there is something better for you. There is a love deeper. And don't forget that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His love reached beyond our sin and touched us. It is a preserving, uh, a preserving love. It is a salvaging love. So, it's love that serves to preserve. He then, Peter then moves on to talk about practical love of hospitality in verse 9. He says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. I will be the first to tell you that hospitality, you know, I love taking care of people. I will make people feel at home, but it's just, it's just not my gifting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, don't, don't say I, don't say that you know what I'm talking about about me. I'm talking about you. That's okay. I know hospitality is not my greatest gifting, um, and I hope someday someone would write me a letter telling me all of my giftings because I'd really like to know. Um, maybe you were wondering the same thing, what your giftings are, but hospitality is not my gifting. I will tell you somebody on our staff, Minister Micah has an amazing gift of hospitality. I, I watched him the other day. We were in a staff meeting, and Pastor Daniel came in, and we opened up in a prayer, and Minister Micah just... I mean, Pastor Daniel looked like he needed a cup of coffee, possibly. I don't know. You know, but Minister Micah saw, hey, I'm going to pop him a Keurig, made him a cup of coffee, brought him the cup of coffee. Not only did he bring him a cup of coffee, he brought him creamer, he brought him sugar, and he brought him stirring sticks. And not only that, after he was done putting his creamer and putting his sugar in his stirring, he took the rubbish and threw it in the trash. I mean, I just, that's not my natural thought. You know what I'm saying? But Minister Micah has a great gift of hospitality. It. And and Peter is telling us that, you know, we need to be able to serve others. We have to use what we have. We have to use what we have where we're at. Sometimes we wait for the greatest gifting. And some of, you know, some of our giftings are not standing behind a pulpit. Some of our giftings are, are you have an amazing ability of hospitality, making people feel welcome. Um, and so... I think the biggest thing that holds us back from serving, from using our giftings is sometimes us feeling inadequate. Anybody ever felt inadequate? Not having what it takes to get the job done? And you know, the way that, I've, the way that I think about inadequacy is, is really, it can be good and bad. In the good sense is that we realize our dependency on God. But in the bad sense, sometimes it keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. And in those moments of inadequacy... You know, you can just hear the Lord saying, you can do all things through me who strengthens you. And I've had times, just like many of you, where I've just felt like, you know, Lord, I just don't know how I'm going to do this. And I cannot do this unless you show up. I cannot do this unless you give me the empowerment to get the job done. Anybody ever felt like that? I just cannot do this unless you help me, Lord. Lord. I just love when in those moments of weakness, God says, in your weakness, I am strong. In your inability, in your inadequacy, I come and make you adequate. I come and make you able to get the job done. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And like I said earlier, everyone has their gifts. Knowing them, now that's a challenge. And it's just a part of, I guess, of the great adventure of life to find out what those giftings are. Peter goes on to say in verse 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When we serve, we are taking the grace of God and allowing it to be seen. When you serve and you allow God to flow through you, you are taking the grace that he has given and allow it to flow through you. Have you ever wondered why there's so many flowers, so many different types of beautiful flowers? I just think it's it's another way of God just showing in many facets how how glorious he is, how, how unique the flowers are. In the same way, every one of us has our own uniqueness. And I believe that God's glory shines through every single one of us when we step out and let the Lord use us. Sometimes we forget that the reason that we're here is to bring praise to God and really specifically to show grace through our life. In verse 11, Peter talks about being empowered. He says, If anyone speaks, let him speak as an oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. We're to speak as an oracle of God. You know, when you serve, you come underneath an anointing. And people say, God, I want an anointing, but they're not willing to serve. Let me ask you, if you're not serving, what do you need the anointing for? What do you need the God empowerment for if you're not doing something that requires God's empowerment? Maybe be a person who steps out and serves. And as you do, I believe when you begin to serve in ministry, as you begin to minister, I believe that a corresponding anointing comes upon you to get the job done. And those things that you never thought you could do, you just watch yourself begin to do them. It's, it's quite an amazing thing. Um, God, God takes the, even the littlest things and, and exalts them. It's, it's fascinating how God works. I, I was sharing with the mentoring group just yesterday that before I even came to Alaska three years ago, I had never preached to a single adult in my life. Not one time. Never. Always young people. And... It, you know, when you step out, the Lord empowers you. He gives you grace. It, am, I, am I, you know, am I T.D. Jakes? No, I'm not supposed to be T.D. Jakes. I'm supposed to be Pastor Alex, and God empowers me in my weakness to get the job done that he's called me to do. Amen? He does the same thing for you at your workplace, in your homes, the different things that you do. When you step out and say, God, I just want to be used by you, he comes and he anoints you. He gives you the empowerment that you need to get the job done. Can somebody say Amen. And so you're serving a purpose, ladies and gentlemen. You serve a purpose. That purpose is to give God maximum glorification through your life. And we serve. And by serving, we give God praise. God is speaking to us today. The first thing he's speaking to us today is that you are important. If you're taking notes, write it down. You are important. God's grace wants to be seen, but it cannot be seen without you stepping out and letting him use you. You notice that God's grace was seen through Jesus Christ as he came in the form of man. And he sat down and he died on the cross for every single one of us. His grace was seen through Jesus. When the grace of God was wanted to be seen, Jesus came. Jesus got the job done. When God wanted to be seen as a victorious God, he raised up a man named David, a king over Israel and he gave him victory after victory because God wanted himself to be seen and glorified as a victorious God so he raised up a man and gave him victory after victory God wanted to be a God who was known for miracles so he raised up a man called Elijah and a man called Elisha and they walked through the earth and the grace of God flowed through them to do mighty miracles God is wanting to flow through each and every one of us, but we must step out in faith to serve. God is wanting us to flow in his grace. That's why we have ministries, outreaches, and small groups in the lobby. It's not so we can have some cute Sunday. It's so you can find an opportunity to serve. You can find an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing. The invisible God is seen through us. But if you don't allow God to be seen through you, then, well, He's not going to be seen through you. But you are important to God. You know, what's, what's amazing is that people come to serve week after week. And, you know, people on the platform... They're leading you in worship every single week. It's a, it's, an, it's a fascinating thing, but they are an instrument of God's grace to lead you into worship. The ushers, they're not just passing out envelopes. They're not just passing out communion so we can have uh, remembering the Lord's Supper. They're not just catching you so you don't hit the ground. <laughs> you know, They are being an instrument of grace. The, the van drivers who pick up young children And bring them to church. They are an instrument of grace being used by God to further the kingdom of God. They are being used as an instrument. The people in the PowerPoint in the back changing the slides so we all can sing together. Man, you don't want me back there. If I'd be pushing the the slides back there, you'd be like, who's running PowerPoint today? They need Jesus. And in fact, some of you guys have wondered. You look back and you're like, oh, it's Pastor Alex. I better keep quiet. (laughs) Yeah, it is not my gifting, but some people, they get back there, and they are being used as an instrument of grace to get the job done. You don't want me behind the camera, man. I think at times when I've been running that camera, like, I don't know, it is just not my gifting, guys. It just is... Don't put me behind the camera. People online will immediately get frustrated. They'll be typing in and wanting to know who's on so they can ask Jesus for an anointing for that person because that's me. That is not my ability. But you know what's amazing is when someone walks up to us and says, pastor, I want to do that so you can do something else. And, and they let God flow through them and God gives them the empowerment to get the job done. But it takes someone stepping out and saying, God, use me. God, use me. The second thing that God is speaking to us is when you choose to serve, you are not alone. God empowers us. Whatever you are doing, you are not alone. Remember, whenever you feel alone on that job, whenever you feel alone, you are not alone. And if God before you, who can be against you? He is releasing the empowerment for you to get the job done. The third thing is that you can be used by God. I think of men and women in the Old Testament, and many of you have thought this in the past. God, I just wish I could have the anointing that those men and women had, man. They just did an amazing thing. But the truth is, is that the anointing that rested upon them rests upon us as well. The same God that was their God is our God. And the anointing that rests upon them, man, that's good news. (laughs) That's good news, man. We can get the job done, and it's not just something in the, in the Bible that, that those guys were just awesome. No, it's today. The anointing is real. The empowerment is real, and God wants to use you. In conclusion, if the worship team would come. Hannah, are you here? Can you come play the keyboard? Thank you. Would you turn to John 13? John 13, and as I close today. In this passage in this passage Jesus does a, a marvelous thing he takes off his garments and he picks up a towel and a basin of water and says he girded himself and began to wash the disciples' feet as he began to do that i can almost just imagine the disciples just looking at Jesus and knowing that Jesus is their master, I mean just think about it for a second, if Jesus started washing people's feet around you, you'd be thinking, my goodness, this is our master, this is the guy that raised the dead, this is the, what is he doing washing people's feet? I can almost imagine the disciples just thinking, what is he doing? A person of his stature, a person of his magnitude, who does that? No, no one does that. No one gets on their knees and washes people's feet, and you see it evident. By the time he gets to Peter, Peter says, Jesus, what are you doing? Peter, I'm going to wash your feet. He said, no, don't wash my feet. And Jesus says, no, Peter, unless I wash your feet, you'll have no part in me. As if to say, if you're not washed by me, your soul cannot be clean. And he says, well, in that case, Lord, wash the whole thing. Give me a full bath, man. He's, Peter, Peter, you don't, those who have had a bath don't need the, need a full bath. They just need their feet to be washed. And there's one that's unclean, speaking of Judas. And he goes on to say, in verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. I am your teacher and your Lord. I am your master. Verse 14, if I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. See what Jesus is saying here is, really I'll tell you what he's not saying first of all, some people think that it means literally we should wash everybody's feet and that's great, you can wash everybody's feet and I think it's a picture of honor and it's humbling yourself and it's very honorable to the person you do it to. But that's not necessarily what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, I am a person that is willing to serve and because I am a person that is willing to serve, even to the point to serve you to the point that I will go to the cross and die, so you should serve. He's saying, I am even the greatest here. I am your master, and yet I am willing to get on my knees, even to the lowly position, a humble position, and wash your feet as a servant. You, therefore, should do the same. Jesus speaks to us as we look at him and we say, who does that? Who, being of such high position, scrubs toilets? Who, being of some, some high position, does some lowly assignment? Jesus says, that person is me. You say, who does that? Well, I'll tell you who does that. I do that. Because I'm willing to serve, not just at washing your feet, but also to the go to the cross so that you can have eternal life. Jesus was a servant and he speaks to us today. Don't let yourself get pulled away by the things of the world, but watch and pray and be a servant in prayer. Be a person who's hospitable. Be a person who loves unconditionally. For love covers a multitude of sin. Love deeply. Serve people in the community. Be a person who's willing to serve, even to do low assignments. For you're never too high, you're never too great to be a servant. He speaks to us today and every single one of us, guilty at times thinking someone else can do that. You know what is amazing is that it's not just in the house of God but it's it's serving out in the community. There was a young lady who came to the church yesterday and she had been at home
1: and a young man
0: came to knock on the door to sell her some magazines and she invited him in and uh, began to spill his spill, and then afterwards, she gave him her spill. That young man, he received Jesus. She loved him enough to go out of her way when she just said, oh, I'm not interested in magazines and closed the door, but she went out of her way to love this young man who had just three weeks before but knocked unconscious, had his nose broken in a drug deal, and took the time to serve this young man through love and through expressing the gospel to him so that he could receive Jesus. And he told me as he sat across from my desk yesterday, he's like, yeah, when I did that confession thing, (laughs) when I did that confession thing, I just felt this thing come over my head. I was like, Yo, that was the power of God. He's like, yeah, it was awesome. Let's be people who serve, serve others. Let people see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Be an instrument of God's grace. Be a servant, be a person who serves. For Christ served so much that he went to the cross for you and I while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and I, amen. Amen. If you say, Pastor Alex, today, you know, I feel that I could be doing a better job at serving. If that's you, stand up to your feet. I want to pray for you. You want me to pray for you. I could be doing a better job at serving. Some of you guys are amazing servants, but we can, we can do better. I know I can do better. Lord, help us. Let me pray for you. Would you put your hands up in the air as a sign of surrender? God, I just ask, Lord, that you would give us an anointing to serve. Help us to be people to serve. Help us to be like you, Lord. Help us to not think that we're at some high high place in leadership or in our job or workplace to be so haughty that we'd not even do the lowest thing, but we'd be a servant like you. Help us to be a servant. Help us to serve our community. Help us to serve our our church, our local church body. Help us to be people to serve. Anoint us, God. We thank you for your empowerment, Lord, as we step out in faith. Even maybe to to serve in a small group or to serve in a ministry. Lord, help us. Empower us. We thank you, Lord, for the corresponding anointing that comes upon us. Lord, give us the faith to step out. That we could see you use us and be an instrument of your grace to impact this world for your glory we thank you God I pray you bless these that are standing today in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said amen hallelujah hallelujah come on can you put your hands together for God hallelujah with every head bowed and every eye closed today we want to take a moment we never like to end a service or or close without giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus but maybe you're in this place today and you say Pastor Alex serving people is great but right now I don't even serve the Lord you might say Pastor Alex the Lord Jesus is not my Lord and Savior but today you want to change that you want to make Jesus the Lord and your uh, the Lord and your Savior you want to you serve Him you want to choose Him today to be the Lord of your life if that's you would you just slip up your hand right now? I want to pray for you. If that's you, you, just, you want to receive Jesus afresh today. Maybe you slipped away, you stopped serving him, but you want to come back home to him today. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Praise God. Those online, God bless you. Let's all reaffirm our faith today. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for everything that I've done. I know you died on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. Thank you for your love and your kindness that took you to the cross so that I could be free. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Would you put your hands together one more time? You may be seated. You may be seated. As I said earlier, we were going to take a, another offering today. And let me tell you where what this offering is going towards. We have a unique opportunity to sow seed into our work in Chile. And we took an offering about two weeks ago. And we made about halfway of what we need to be able to go down. Me and Pastor Daniel are going to fly down there for a conference they're having. And here's what we're believing for. We're believing for that church to be radically set on fire. We're believing for the power of God to be released. And your seat is going to see that take place. We, we felt impressed to help them. And so we are going to do that. And if you'd like to give towards this, this work... Uh, just slip up your hand right now, ushers. Would you come if you want to give today towards the work in Chile? The last time I was down there, man, that church—they are really reaching people. In fact, the main church in Santiago is their slogan is a church for a church for the unchurched, and really, it's reaching out to those who they they just they're done with the religious thing. They don't want religious stuff. They want the power of God. They want something fresh. And people are showing up to church, and they're getting changed. They have a, they have, they just opened a new church on Monday night. And I think it's eight or nine churches right now. But if, if you need an envelope, just slip up your hand. And right now, they started a church on, on Monday night. And it's really, it's, it's very interesting how it works. But certain things just work differently for certain crowds. And this church is really it's towards the church, those who are churched and and those who have grown up in church. But it's also towards the wealthy, and it's amazing what God is doing. There's a guy who flies in every Sunday, uh, every Monday night, and parks his helicopter on top of the building and goes to church. It's just an amazing thing. God is using them in Chile to affect that nation, and really. Um, As I've come to understand, Chile really has not had a major national revival. They've had really spotty revival and, but we want to believe for a great change to take place. Amen. So that seat is going towards seeing that take place. Ushers, would you come as you prepare your gift? We're going to pray and worship for a bit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this opportunity to sow seed into our work in Chile. Lord, we ask God that you would begin to work in that nation. Lord, even as you are using our church to permeate society. God, in the different realms of society. Lord, I pray that you would use this moment where we are able to go down. And Lord, even to impart into them. I thank you, God. your hand rests upon that church we pray for pastor Cesar and minister sandra today god anoint them for the church for pastor italo and pastor sharon oh god that you would use them mightily for your name bless the seed in the sower today god and may this go for the furtherance of your kingdom in jesus name we pray amen let's give I want to be used by you. So don't look me over. I'm waiting for you broken. I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you. Would you stand to your feet? Sing this with us this morning. I want to. By you, so don't look me over. I'm waiting for you broken. I wanna be used by you. Hallelujah. We want to be used by God. Amen. Amen. Would you grab the hand of the person next to you today? We're gonna close in prayer. Let's be people that serve, amen hallelujah would you pray for your neighbor that they would be they would walk in servanthood and that they would they would walk in uh in everything god has for them and displaying the grace of god everywhere they go amen pray for your neighbor today father we thank you today for this moment a great impartation god i ask lord that you would help us as we go this week lord as we serve people as we love people as we pray As we give, as we sow, I pray, Lord, that you would use us, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless this congregation. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Bless us. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to be the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower, above and not beneath, blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I pray that you would bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them, lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them and keep them and give them peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight. Pastor Vince will be speaking. Don't forget to stop out there and see the booths out there and the different ministries and small groups that are going on. You'll be blessed.